Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome. Welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave A.C. Dr. Randall Thor. Welcome to another in the series of very interesting Coltum Collective commentaries. As we're sitting in front of our computers, waiting for them to turn into beautiful women, it's time to introduce the rest of the gang. Hello, Uncle. <laughs> oh, dear. It's Mr. Dave AC. <laughs> well, I'm in the house, so I'm halfway there. There you go. <laughs> well, introduce well, nephew. Oh, Thanks. The, the, the young lad himself, and it's uh, over to Mike, our nephew. Hello, Uncle, and hello, that chimera guy over there, Ian the Sixth Doctor. <laughs> you can call me Auntie, that's all right, dear. <laughs> and I was sure you were going to be the one with green eyes, but obviously it's Mike. Mm. Ah, there's a little green-eyed dude from the north of Kathmandu. Wind blew up the chimney just the same. Hey, I said that last week. Yay! Continuity. Well, we're together again to talk over what I think is actually the episode that we have no business talking over, and that is The Doctor's Wife. If you've already listened to the Coltum Collective, give their reviews of The Doctor's Wife. It's a very good episode indeed. It's almost a shame that we have to talk over the top of it, because it's, it's going to be difficult, I can say that. More about that at the end of the episode, where we'll uh, tell you what our thoughts might going on and on, guys. No. No, no, no. I just wanted to say... Goodbye. <laughs> uh, all right, enough of this. If everybody has their official BBC copies of The Doctor's Wife at the ready, we will begin in five, four, three, two, one. Play. It's a rather dark opening shot there. Yes, a quarry somewhere. <laughs> An episode basically with so many things that harken back to the, you know, the past of the show, mm. and we managed to get corridors and quarries all in one episode. <laughs> yeah. And in an interview with Neil Gaiman that I read, that's uh, one thing he was talking about with this episode. It was how he was able to play with the entire history of the show, mm. and uh, he pointed out that the episode takes place on a junkyard planet. The show itself started in Totter's yard. Now, the young lady there, and I'll have to pronounce her first name carefully, Saran Jones. I was a little bit sceptical when I first saw that she was in this, because I have uh, not very good thoughts of her from uh, Mona Lisa's Revenge in the Sarah Jane Adventures. The interesting thing is, I mean, I probably knew it, but I had no idea it was the same person, right. which says a lot about her portrayal of, of, of characters. 
the fact that I was like I didn't even associate her with with that episode. I love that knock. Mm-hmm. There's something friendly but ominous about that knock. Dock, 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 dock. And just the tone of it, it's quite trick or treat. And there's that, 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 that kind of almost like a, a string, you know, uh, twanging, dong, 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 you know. And it's knocking more than four times, so. Ooh. Yes. Scratches little beauty. <laughs> there's, a, there's a way about Matt that's just kind of cute. <laughs> just the way he has of, like, expressing himself. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it, Mike? It's a hypercube, which you... And, of course, a lot of the interviews with Gaiman leading up to this, he mentioned that there would be something connecting this with the war games, the second Doctor's last story. And that's what it is. <laughs> the hypercube, now, it, which the Doctor used to send a message to the Time Lord Council. For those of, uh, for those of us who uh, are not familiar with the war games, because there are people out there, who are new Yoohoo fans, um, what was its use in, in the War Games? At the end of the episode, the Doctor had to call on the Time Lords to resolve the situation there with the, the War Zones and everything, and he used that to send a, a psychic message to the Time Lords. He created ah. the cube and put his psychic message, and it disappeared. Yeah, from the console, wasn't it, I think? Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 9, maybe, 8 or 9. Uh, from the guys on the show earlier today. Yeah, it was a 10-episode story, that, so <laughs> it goes on for a while. <laughs> yes, I've never managed to make it through the whole thing, unfortunately. Mm. I'm uh, that, a bad Doctor Who fan. Yeah, that was a, an interesting emblem as well that that Time Lord uses, the, the, the snake that swallows its own tail. That's right. to do with everlasting life, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, yes, yeah, snake biting its own tail, I should go ahead and mention that that's also used in the emblem for the Wheel of Time series. From whence I get the, the name Randolph Thor. Ah, he's done it again, Wheel of Time. <laughs> yes. It's a snake biting its own tail, but this time it's in the form of the uh, symbol for infinity, the sideways eight. Aurora. But that's something else. It's not snake dance, is it? We're not watching snake dance. <laughs> I just, I love the... Uh, at first I thought this whole, the whole uh, TARDIS sound as, as the essence of the TARDIS... Uh, the Matrix arrived in um, in Idris's body. I thought it was a bit bit corny, um, but then again, you got to think there's there's people who, you know, aren't we? Um, and it does the job, and it's actually it becomes really cute later on when when she's talking to the Doctor, and you know, I go like this, and <laughs> does the sound, and I can't help thinking about. Um, uh, when the um, the eleventh doctor is talking to, to uh, River about driving the TARDIS, and he says it didn't make that noise, and he makes the noise with his mouth, and that just like nice little kind of reference back to that. Yeah, and uh, uh, Saran Jones, as I said, she's actually born only about ten miles from where I live in Chaddington, Oldham. Uh, other people, if they don't know her from Sarah Jane Adventures, might know her from ITV's Coronation Street. Uh, where she played Karen McDonald for four years. Describing bubble universes. Yeah, but now the thing is there, that annoyed me, because they said it twice, as though that, that was an advert break. Rory said, he explains it to Rory, and then Karen reiterates it. 
Yeah, I saw this episode twice on BBC America. Second time because I missed a few scenes here and there, but they didn't cut to commercials anywhere. Oh. I don't anywhere. think they've actually made any allowances for commercials in any of these, apart from maybe reducing the running time slightly. Yeah. Because no matter what market you sell it to, they're going to put the... Everyone has their own, you know, commercial length and mm. and positionings. I just love that greeting. Where's my thief? <laughs> now, Neil Gaiman was quite keen on how she was going to be dressed, wasn't he? Wanted in this sort of uh, Victorian costume. Remind me a little bit about um, Great Expectations. You know, the 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 the, uh, the old lady that's at the wedding table and living well, in here, a. Here, here's dress? my favorite quote. Here's my favorite quote. <laughs> Only there's a winner. <laughs> Only there's a winner. I love that line. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. <laughs> it's a it's winner. Just had a new idea about kissing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for my talk. Oh, and I love the fact that the Tardis's first reaction is to kiss the doctor. Mm-hmm. And 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 here with this uh, the first reference to. The TARDIS not seeing things in a sequential order, not seeing time as a you know, regular. She sees things. Yeah. You know, I mean, all that around was the, her. That was the clue. The smell of dust after rain, which right. Amy will need later. Yeah. I actually thought the the the, the people doing um, Uncle and Auntie were, were actually very very good. Quite bizarre little characters, but just I don't know, nice. It's suddenly an ood. <laughs> I like he's doing a little. <laughs> this this th this whole bit is very very Trotton esque, you know, where he's like offered to do it. He's like, mind if I have a look, you know. <laughs> and of course, the line from the doctor where he mentions how he he never does actually save them all. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Suddenly, voices of Time Lords. Dozens of them. Hundreds of them. I can see how Tim thought that was Megan, but it's not. The main voice that you hear in there, yeah. where it's like, send a message to the you know, High Council of Time Lords, I'm trapped on this planet. Mm. But it's definitely not him. It's interesting, one of the voices in that mix says something along the lines of, when am I? When Instead am of I? where am I, but mm. when... <laughs> Mm. And the lady playing auntie, Elizabeth Barrington. She's been in uh, quite a lot of things. Um, in programmes with uh, Dawn, French, uh, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. Uh, in Ma Nanny McPhee with Emma Thompson. And she was in Waterloo Road, The Bill, The Office, Casualty. So she's um, a jobbing actress. Right. Only would you believe forty. <laughs> She's dressed up older there. Now the other thing that this episode does, it's only the second time this has happened since Stephen Moffat took over. Does anyone know what it is? Uh Nope. And it must be mm. written in their contract. What would that be? Bananas? Paul Paul Casey. Paul Casey is back in Doctor Who. Hmm. Yes, the last time we saw him was the Pandorica opens as a Jadoon. 
but before that it was uh, Planet of the Dead. Oh, of course, yeah, the the Monster Man. Right. Uh, so we we, I'm wondering if it's in his in his contract that uh, <laughs> if they have a classic series, if they have a RTD episode monster, it has to be Paul Casey. <laughs> yeah, list of Doctor Who appearances: Rose, End of the World, Aliens of London, Bat Wolf, on and on and on, Runaway Bride, yes. Smith and uh, the Lot, Pig Slave. Half Sigma Jejun. Yes, and that was the voice of Michael Sheen. Now, a lot of people have been complaining that it doesn't sound like him, so why no. bother? Yeah. Could he but use Nick Briggs? <laughs> but isn't that the job of an actor to be uh, to act and to be somebody else? Especially when what they're doing is voice acting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's if his voice isn't altered for this, then I don't see that anybody really has a proper complaint because he's doing his job, you know. <laughs> but people I think also... it's it's a waste of his talents. It's like, shut up! That's his decision, not yours. He must be a fan, of course. I mean, he's a very very high profile actor. Played uh, oh. So many things um, in films. Um, what the main one people would know him from uh, Nixon, won't it? Mm. Kingdom of Heaven, The Queen, where he played Tony Blair. H. G. Wells, War of the World, played H. G. Wells. I should, really watch this, I should really watch this thing with the sound off, shouldn't I? Because I'm having trouble concentrating on what Dave's saying. <laughs> <laughs> And Sorry, there's she, a lot that the that she says right there. Yeah. And someone mentioned that she says something backwards at the beginning, and I only just now noticed that. Well, it's it it's Neil had written it as being gibberish, but I've yet to kind of hmm. slow it down a bit to hear what she said because it's beautifully done. If she did hmm. it, if she just spoke it, because it almost sounds like an alien language, like it's an ancient high Gallifreyan, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we figure out what she says, and she says, hello, sweetie. Much <laughs> <laughs> like this. Do you have two of those? <laughs> He's got two bow ties. He's got a red and a blue. I know, but it's just that thing, you know. You have two of those. And then this Rory is, just continues to glare. <laughs> this is very devious of the Doctor, and I quite like it. Yeah, because uh, he knows Rory will follow her. Yeah, he knows he will, who he'll choose. <laughs> And he obviously wants him out of the way for a reason, you know. I like this. It's just what they're called. Doesn't, doesn't mean he knows what he's doing. That was another bit of dialogue that Neil Gaiman uh, discussed in an interview leading up to this episode as, as one of his own favorite lines. Right. As uh, that exchange right there. We're like best friends, Neil. Both <laughs> <laughs> yes. like the same line. <laughs> I used to live in Minnesota. <laughs> And no, you're not a pencil-necked weasel or a thief. <laughs> Rory backs off from the console. I didn't do anything. Yes, uh, not me. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> Sorry, I still think the man shows up, uh, uh, Amy. Mm. It's, especially in this episode. There's only one thing that she does and does well, is that the visualization of the, 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 the passcode. Apart from that, Rory, Rory does all the legwork. 
So, was, is that a police symbol on that door? I was wondering that. I'm like, is that a TARDIS back there? You know? Hmm. Is he going to open it and there's going to be a, you know... Looks sort of like a police-type shield emblem. Yeah. I think it's just an inserted lock, isn't it? A, re a recess? No, maybe not. Mm, all those hypercubes. Yes. Now, is it just a captured... It's just a captured message, right? Is yes. Is it like their essence or... Yeah. Like you couldn't reanimate them? No. No. Yeah, there's there's nothing there to recreate anything right. from. It's a recording. But it's their thoughts. Right. Yeah, the, the the overnight figures for this one it aired on Sunday was uh, 5.9 million. But of course, once you start adding in the people who watched it on high-definition channels and the BBC iPlayer, right. I would think this is firmly going to go up to the 8 million mark. <laughs> That's well done, Alan. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. <laughs> That's late. Too late. Hmm. There's, I mean, the I mean, six doctor reference coming up there. Yep, the umbrella. Yeah. Huh. And just that that very quick cut there back to the. You know, the original mark that we saw. All right. Oh, another great line right here. Right there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not often the baddies run. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. the doctor. Basically, run. Right. Now it's it's very easy to say, oh, thank you, Neil. You you know, you did you know a fantastic job in, in writing the script, but it also falls upon the heads of many to deliver, and they did. Mm. They did a great job, uh, acting, lighting, everything. It's just the fact that so much slips by unnoticed. The stuff that's laying around. There's actually, if you once you start looking at it, you see bits of, you do see bits of Tardises when you rewatch this. Uh, all the clues are there. And I'm noticing something that you're not actually complaining about. It's a use of the Tardis telephone that you're not complaining about. <laughs> I'm it getting the hang of it. It's right. I just hate famous people calling all the time. Like yeah, that's true. That's a little. I, I don't like people be on the call. The doctor and go. Oh, could you come drop by and? Uh, but shh, shh. We can't talk through this. Hmm. I love that. <laughs> Names are the, funny. <laughs> the funny thing is, is there's so many things in here that I want to, like, use as like sound clips for my computer. Like I've got mail. <laughs> and. <laughs> And that just that little whoo, whoo that she does. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, and this part completely turns on its head what we thought about the doctor leaving in the first place. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about it is it doesn't do anything bad to continuity. No. It doesn't do, do anything bad to canon. All this does is enhance Doctor Who. It just 
just to steal a phrase, it turns it up to 11. Yeah, you think <laughs> so, I'll ever get, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, I think it, I'll give you back. <laughs> yeah. And I love this tone there. My TARDIS. You know, this possessive tone to his voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can dish me girlfriend, but not me car. <laughs> the funny thing is I had this, I tried to, to explain to my wife why this is kind of such a cool concept. She's just like, get the concept, but she said, just don't get it. No, like, you know, and like, but after talking with a couple of people, it's like this, even people who aren't huge fans of the show, who have watched the show, get it. So it just must be my wife. <laughs> the other thing I had a slight problem with is when I see her there, she looked a little bit to me like the eye patch lady. And I'm thinking, is that oh. the eye patch lady? You know, because the, the way her hair's brushed off her forehead and that. And that's the interesting thing. No sign of the eye patch lady. Yeah, another person that a lot of people mistook her, thought that she looked like is uh, Helena, Bar Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Ah. A lot of people see, mistook see... her for her. I don't see any resemblance between her and, and her character in um, Mona Lisa. Mm. It's Sarah Jane. Well, I've never seen that story. Thankfully, I'm lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I no, see it, it, to me, it seems like a completely different person. And I was like, wow, really? It is her? It... Well, she won me over. And I don't think she was bad in the... I think she was... It was a misguided thing to have a play a Cockney uh, Mona yeah. Lisa. When you think about it, she played it the way she was asked to. Yeah, yeah. That's and the sheer fact that I didn't recognize her as being that person is just says even more about her ability to play a character. And it, to me, it proves the reason why she was cast in this is that you can tell her, okay, you're playing Mona Lisa as a Cockney, and she did it. Right. But then you turn around and you say, you're going to play the TARDIS. And she did it, and I think she pulled it off. And it's, uh, like I said, it's one thing for, for for Neil to have written the words, and but she makes it believable. She mm. really kind of and oh, I love the the background there. Sorry, sorry to change text, <laughs> <laughs> but I I keep thinking, is that like um, a TARDIS with the chameleon circuit off? Is that the size of the engines? <laughs> you know what what does it really look like? You know. Uh, yeah. What's I like that too. Sorry, sorry. I gotta stop. I go, well, the other thing is, is that... goes, I really don't know what to do. Well, this is great, and he slaps. Him, he tells himself. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was good. Is that the same time we've had the cloister bell in this series? I not. I can't remember. It was used on last week's episode. That's so. what I thought so. And of course, we haven't even mentioned the fact that this. The story was going to be used in last series, and yes. it was pushed back for budgetary reasons. Mm. Yeah. The original title that Neil, well, one of the original titles that Neil was going to use for this was The House of Nothing. Uh, and the, he also played around with the title Bigger on the Inside at one point. But the point is, is that this was going to be in Series 5 mm. at different points, either early on or later on. And then it got pushed back for budgetary reasons. Laced with um, The Lodger. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's a lot of fascinating facts. Only only <laughs> Mike's doing those. I'm just kind of bouncing from well, sub the subject. Um, and that was a shot. Well, not a shot, but the it's <laughs> quite quite. God, it, it's almost done for humor. They just like eh, we're off. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, we're going to be up there in three minutes. <laughs> Not very long, love. <laughs> Mine's on its way out already. I love that. I can blow the casing in no time. <laughs> like it's a like it's a thing, you know. <laughs> I can blow the casing. <laughs> <laughs> a madman with a box That's without a box. box. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I like his little clever pose, like, oh, yeah. clever. Well, he does what the first doctor did, is keep his hands close to his face. Yeah. Which, of course, was for the old 4 by 3 TVs, one way of uh, William Hartnell, the first doctor, keeping, you know, the expression. Mm. Have his ring near his face. Yes. Of course, right there, we had the joke there with the... This doctor calling the TARDIS sexy. Do I have a name? <laughs> sexy? Which, of course, if you look back to the 11th hour, the doctor refers to the TARDIS sexy. as you sexy thing. <laughs> and here's, here's Rory stepping up to the plate. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Rory, come up with something, please. <laughs> they do give him a lot to do, this series, and I do love it, and it's quite understated what he actually does people mm. are like oh he's a bit useless and it's like no he's not if you really listen to a lot of the things he says yeah. sorry i'm a rory fanboy what do you want <laughs> which is rather interesting because of course we mentioned that this episode was replaced by the lodger and was going to be at the end of end of series five when at that point rory wasn't in the show of right. course he was he was temporarily dead so when neil wrote this episode originally <laughs> it was just dead. amy <laughs> it, he, he was just writing for Amy as a companion. There was no Rory, so of course right. he had to write Rory in, and he wrote Rory in quite well. Yeah, it was, it was between deaths at that time. Yeah. Now this is a scene that that was going to be slightly different. Uh, yeah. He had wanted it to um, be that he they couldn't find any childlessies because they were in their um, chameleon circuit shapes. Right. And the idea was that uh, he would ask uh, the TARDIS, the lady, uh, to uh, turn off the chameleon circuits. Yeah. But I, I suppose that would have cost her a lot of CGI work. Probably. Plus, um, it, then it would have been difficult to cobble together the, the new TARDIS because you would have been dealing with pieces of technology rather than these odd uh, artifacts. Mm. Um, oh. And one of the things that made it a lot easier is they said, you know, it looks like a junkyard planet, but when you think about it, and you know, TARDIS chameleon circuits and everything, that the reason why they do that is that should you know somebody come across the wreckage of a TARDIS, they don't know that it's technology. It looks like a keyboard, you know. Mm. It looks like a hair dryer. It looks like a bicycle pump, uh, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the other thing about this is as well, it, uh, the fact that all this material is attracted to the rift helps right. explain a little bit about Torchwood in the way that, um, you mm. know, the the rift where Torchwood was, um, was occasionally getting alien technology. It's as though it's like a, ma a, a magnet for alien stuff. Yeah. Mm. There's just so much that goes on in this conversation oh, right here that's just I, so lovely. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry to say this, David. It's really hard to pay attention to what you're saying. I know. There's all this going on. Well, it's like a married couple talking here, isn't it? <laughs> but when you think about it, there's not a lot of action in this. It's all in the dialogue. <laughs> it's the things that these two say to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if that the TARDIS, 
I always well, I took do, you where you, know, you if needed to. Doctor could talk. Yeah. What would they say? I like that. The, the the I always took you where you needed to go. Mm-hmm. Which one of the things we were talking about earlier on the show was if you take what you learn and hear about the TARDIS and overlay it over the the whole history of the show, it 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 really kind of um, paints it with a slightly different brush. Because already with a lot of the Seventh Doctor stories, there was the theory going around that the TARDIS could sense out evil and took the Doctor to where he needed to be. Right. And you know, exactly what we hear here. Right. I mean, I've heard people mention things like uh, when Tegan got left behind at the uh, at the end of what was it, Time Flight, and then they picked her up again in Arc of Infinity, that that wasn't by accident, mm. um, and that the Mara was still inside her, and there was a reason, you know, that there was no coincidence there, uh, that, that, you know. Mm. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Corridors. But then again, it's not a game changer for me because it's it's one of those things that uh, I mean, it's one of those things that's always changed. I mean, if if you look back in you know in Tom Baker's era, the beginning when uh, it looks like a hospital because that's where they filmed. They filmed in a hospital. And it always seemed odd that the that the the walls were brick <laughs> and looked like you know the basement of a hospital or the you know rooms of a hospital. Um, and this was something that Darth wasn't so happy about, the, the sliding doors. But the assumption is that House is the one that sort of played and messed with those right. corridors. But I do, I do think there's an ulterior motive in terms of uh, having them so regimented like that. Right. Uh, they'll be CGI easy for any upcoming game plans. And I, right. I believe there are. There's one new game already on the pipeline, but there's a whole new game project apparently in the wings that's, oh, uh, yeah, it's the, not second, it's the second series of the Doctor Who Adventure games was mm-hmm. announced last year, which I'm still waiting to hear something about. They haven't said anything about them yet. But it's a two or three more Doctor Who Adventure game. Yeah, but so I think there's another project they've hinted at that's mm-hmm. over and above that. I think um, when we saw some of this in the, the, the previews uh, for the, the trailer for the series, I think Darth was probably the first one to actually guess that this might be a TARDIS corridor. And I was like, there's mm. no way it could be a TARDIS corridor. No, no, it doesn't look anything <laughs> like it was in Legopolis or Castro Velva. <laughs> and Rory's uh, but, got... Oh, go on. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I say Rory's got his beard he was asking for last there week. There you go. Yes. And, of course, in the confidential, they were giving uh, Arthur Darvill uh, quite a lot of grief, saying that's how he comes in in the morning. And they have to shave him and, and, and massage the nose down and... <laughs> And then the next morning, he's the same again. And of course, this console was designed by a Peter viewer. Uh, what is that, 12 year old girl? Yeah, I haven't got a name to hand at the moment, but because uh, she I, wasn't. I, just, I mean, I, I, there's something really nice about the fact that it's a 12 year old girl and not a 12 year old boy. <laughs> I just like, kind of like that when it's. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not female fan, but it's just nice that it's a girl. It's, mm. I don't know. And of course, the thing with this console is that it was supposed to pe- appear in an episode of Series 5, but never did. And well, it was supposed to appear in this, this episode, correct? Yeah, this episode. All along, it was supposed to be, be in this episode, and that's why it never appeared in Series 5. Oh, I love that bit she does there. Mm. You have what you've always had. Me. And she does that little... <laughs> oh, that was... And the thing is, is Liam. 
uh, although he didn't come on the show today, but he did love the bit where they, they took off and they're flying through the vortex. Mm. He thought that was dead cool. Um, that was rather. Yeah. This is rather dark. Mm. Yes, it is. He didn't say anything about this. He, he was going to. He was thinking of coming on the show, but he couldn't think of what to say. Mm. So I don't know what that means. He's getting to the well, age where he's keeping things from me. So. Yeah. Well, here we are getting our prerequisite Rory death of the week. Rory's dead. <laughs> oh my God! They killed Rory. You yeah. bastards. Now, the thing I was thinking about this is that while she's having this fear of 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 him dying and going away, I wonder if Rory was also having his own. Um, thoughts or uh, nightmares. Maybe that you know Amy had left him well, because no, apparently he was, he, House he was... is playing with his mind as well, but we don't see what was going on there. That's what I meant. Yeah, Liam. Liam loved oh, this whole sequence. Mm. Yeah, this was quite well done. Yes. <laughs> oh, I quite like that central column. That's rather good. That. Yeah. <laughs> Which one's Amy? The pretty one. <laughs> 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 Dead funny. <laughs> Hello, pretty. <laughs> and I like the fact that, that there's there's no concept of names or anything. Um, mm. She know apart from the fact she knows the doctor. The others are just kind of like as she calls them strays. <laughs> now that was a brilliant. <laughs> that was brilliant. a brilliant line. It was. Oh, uh, you always picked up strays. <laughs> mm. Well, they are really in some ways. Uh... Yeah. But the, the 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 wonderful thing that they didn't do. Um, is uh, uh, any kind of like jealousy, which would have been so easy to do. The you know the the TARDIS being jealous of Amy or whoever the companions were, but they didn't go there. Um, well, she did. That's why she designed bunk beds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beds with um, ladders. Yes, <laughs> but uh, I don't think this oh, is the first time we've had companions referred to as strays. I think Amy or some not sorry uh, Rose. Referred right. to companions as strays, and I think um, turn left. I think I don't know. Oh, and there was a lovely line that we just talked over the top of where uh, uh, we get the reference to the fact that the the, the TARDIS archives the mm. control rooms, uh, and it also the archives says, future versions. What she says? Yeah, I've, I've, I've archived up to thirty, and. It's like, I've only changed the desktops this many times. How's that? 12 times, yeah. It's like, he says, it's not possible to archive something that hasn't happened yet. She goes, for you. <laughs> well, of course, that reference is Bad Wolf, where Rose, when she absorbed the thing, could see mm. all of yeah, time, all and, of time space. and space. Yeah. Right. Wow. Now, this was, was rather well planned there, Dave. We did that quite good. <laughs> yeah, and this is, this is excellent, because she thinks it's Rory still directing her here. Right. And this, for your next time you do your House of Horror, Ian, yeah. and you know you have people feeling forward and feeling wet spaghetti, yeah. we have one of these instead. It's called... Uh, Ood. Ood. <laughs> that make him jump. Ooh. Yeah. Of course, the Ood weren't originally supposed to be in this episode. Ga Gaiman didn't have them in mind. Oh, well, but good call. Course... Good catch there. <laughs> yes, I caught myself mid-pronunciation. <laughs> Check back to today's cultum. But, yes. um... Yeah, he, he had a, a different monster in mind, but, you know, even here he ran into budgetary restraints and decided right. to just go ahead and go with the dude. Yeah, it's hard to, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> unless building that set cost a, a, a bomb, but I would think they could have set that against any game usage, because you know, right. once it's digitised. Eh? 
it's like open sesame here. <laughs> and what mm. will they find behind the door? Something that mm. the cast of Doctor Who have been walking past for the past two years. Wondering, why is this still here? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I thought that uh, what they're, what is behind the door had, had been moved to the Doctor Who experience. I didn't realize they actually built it from scratch. Yeah. I thought they There's actually a replica spent over the set there. and put it at the experience. Right. And but of again, course, a, a, yeah. a working set would have been a far more fragile than a, you know, a museum yep. display. Oh, look where they are! Yes, <laughs> haven't seen this since eleventh hour. <laughs> I, I did wonder well, that they might have filmed this particular scene though weeks and months before the rest of it. Mm. The interesting thing is, uh, and I don't know, I have to look back and reference uh, to reference it, but doesn't one of the uh, um, the the coral stanchions there look a little um, patched up? Mm. It might have it had a fire. Like got, it, once they light up the set a bit more, you'll see it. It looks, it almost looks like they they had to do a patch job because they destroyed it. Of course, during uh, yeah during the regeneration sequence, it suffered yeah. some damage. I mean, it's possible, Unless of course. This... Where are you coming through? I don't know. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you know, folks, I keep interrupting the commentary for the clients. As I was going to say, I wonder if they filmed this part in here, and then this was dismantled to make mm. a big room for the where they had the corridors. Yeah. That's good. It's quite a lot of effects, really, when you think about mm. it. This was a much-talked-about little scene that, that appeared in the trailer, and people were all like, yeah. Is because we were surprised to see that console room, mm. and people swore that they saw uh, David Tennant. It was actually Rory, um, <laughs> but uh, and people people swore they could see a figure in there, in in the midst of this ball. And of course, yes, there was. It was the Doctor. Oh, and here's oh, here's here's yeah. a lovely lovely line from Amy. Oh, Amy. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> I'm sexy. Still shut still up. Sh- <laughs> well, like, there's something humorous about that. Nephew, uh, kill them all. Yeah, but the, the, did dead. you wish very hard? It's a bit like Weird Science, if you remember that film, yeah. where the boys conjure up the girl. A bit Wizard of Oz, isn't it? They just landed on Nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Not landed on him, but just sort of disintegrated him. Yeah, like that. You're breathing, <laughs> you're breathing him. him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and a lovely little um, uh, thing to note that uh, during this whole thing, uh, <laughs> Matt managed to throw himself on the uh, the cushioned seat. <laughs> while everyone else threw themselves on the uh, the metal grate floor. The, che- the cheese grater floor, as yeah. you always say. Yeah. Look at that, that 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 piece of coral back there. It looks a bit lumpy, doesn't it? Almost like they had to kind of mask the fact that they broke the blimmin' thing. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Mm. Back to his medic. She's asking for water. It's an interesting thing that gets said uh, while she's dying. Mm. And of course, we all think we know what it means, in a way. 
because she says there's no there's no water in the forest but the river. Then it's the whole thing with story arc clues. Do they mean what we think they do? Most right. often, not. It's because we're all thinking, oh, they're talking about River Song. Yeah. Michael Sheen does an awfully, awfully good job. I'm sorry, he mm. does sound menacing and kind of in a calm and collective, kind of James Bond villain way, kind of, ah, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> And unfortunately, there's a really bad edit coming up. And unfortunately, the TARDIS looks a bit CG in that shot, but oh well. Yeah. Well, again, that's referencing very early on where it used to wobble in space. Look at the TARDIS console there. Oh, there was the jump. Mm, There's a a change in the clip. They've got a bit of a rotating little cube on the the, the far right-hand side. If you want to go back later and look. And if you focus on that, you'll see where the jump in the footage is, which is, I mean, I'm sure it's difficult. It's a difficult job. And right there's the bit of voiceover that we got from the trailer. The series six trailer. Killed all of them, yeah. Yes. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) Applause. Quick, we're (laughs) buying time. (laughs) Um, I mean, I didn't know basically who Saran Jones was really until this, and um, I have a big appreciation for her. Um, for one, she's very entertaining in this, but when you think about what she undertook, it's I mean, it's one thing to guest star on Doctor Who. It's another thing to be a companion. It's another thing to be the Doctor. But she's a whole other on, thing to be the TARDIS. <laughs> she took on being the TARDIS, something that nobody has ever done before and probably will never do again. Because if you do it again, it cheapens it. Oh, I love this. Mm. Love this. Sorry, this is just... <laughs> I love this episode. Mm. Now, Mike, stop talking and let Ian have a go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> listen to Michael Sheen here too it's just him pleading and the doctor just say finish him off because <laughs> when you think about it he killed hundreds of time lords mm-hmm. only just to eat the tartuses not because he wanted or needed tar- time lords and this is oh, a lovely mm. scene. And so much credit is due to, to Matt Smith here because his performance is just lovely. I mean, they did say... Uh, Definitely. Yeah, Neil was saying and and that he did sell this, and he does. Mm. You know, if anyone had any doubt whether the boy could act... Um, this is tenant worthy, <laughs> and everybody knows how I feel about tenant and his acting ability. I, I put it up there. Uh, lovely little scene there of the two of them watching from the side. Mm, yes, again. Not Would you guys ste- shut up? I can, so I can get a word in edgewise. <laughs> yeah, not stealing the scene, but supporting it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
there's you can see the tear welling in his eyes. Mm. Without going to full on tears, you know, it's just this the quiver in his his, his lips and Yeah. And there she goes. Mm. And listen. Mm. Yep. Yep. Didn't catch that the so. first time that she says, and it's so subtly done. It's not like, you know, that was the word, what she was searching to say before. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love how that was what she was searching to say was, hello, doctor. The thing that she always wanted to say to him was, hello. You know, they've been traveling around for 700 years, and it's the thing she's never, ever got to say was hello. And I think there's something romantic about that. And did, did you say that she said, I love you, she's disappeared? Yeah, she has to, she's the only scary. character who ever can. <laughs> yep. Back with the crazy goggles on. Oh, <laughs> spacey, spacey wacy. wacy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Not only do we have timey wimey, we have spacey wacy. <laughs> and this is a nice scene from Arthur mm. Marvel. Mm. Of course, the, the water forest, the river, a lot of people are thinking forest, the signs in the library, forest of the dead. But, you know, we'll see where that goes. Just a nice little character moment between the doctor. The doctor turning and saying, "Are you all right?" It was just—I I don't know—that says a lot about. Oh, I don't know. It's just so nice this episode. Mm. Yeah, back to the domestic arrangements in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely little observation there too. There's the uh, not often seen watch. The watch of Rassilon. God, Matt Smith has big feet. You see that? Them shoes are long. They're like clown feet. Bed easy with girls. Ladders. Easy girls. Easy girls. Fuck beds have ladders. Yes. Good question. <laughs> and then he just walks off. Yeah. yeah the, the point is, I think that's a hint that not all questions about the TARDIS will be answered. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I said, and it's a question that we all have too. It's like, does he have to have a bedroom? You know, he's got a wardrobe, and he's got. Yeah, the the, the TARDIS is like the Doctor. Neither can and should be ever fully explained. Exactly, and the still the funny thing is, is you know, he got Neil got to play around with so much in this, but still mm -hmm. left so much open. Nice magic music, almost Harry Pottery of that. Yeah, a little bit. Oof, which actually the theme here is a, is a variation on Amy's theme. Yeah. Ah. And a nice little, f not a, a sudden end, just a nice little fade out. Mm. And that's it. It was. Oh. It's it's either a variation on Amy's theme or the Madman with a Box. It's one right. of those two. Right. Eye Patch Lady. Another yes. heavy looking scene. episode though. No wonder they put the is... pirates one in this uh, first time. Yeah, and a lot of people saw those helmets and thought Santaran. No, 
Uh, Can we find out? Not exactly. Different heights as well. Different heights. Yeah. And it's uh, the chap from uh, Life on Mars, isn't it? Yes. In the yes, bath, it uh, is. Skelton. Yes. Just Skelton. Yep. Yes. There we go. That, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm overjoyed about the the, the next episode. Food um, created by Russell T. Davies. Yes, that was something yeah. that we talked about, whether that was just a nice nod to a friend. Or does it mean something else? Does it mean that Russell has uh, retained certain rights? Or is it just a kind of a, a nice nod, like like you do? And 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 just under 46 minutes, not the... The fifty we're thinking about wiki misled us earlier in the day. Yes, there is. There are two listings on uh, Wikipedia for this episode. Uh, the one that is listed as being forty-five minutes and has the picture of uh, Neil Gaiman uh, on it uh, seems to be the more accurate and at least the one that's got uh, more information in it. After its original broadcast, the Doctor's wife received overnight figures of six point oh nine million viewers with a 29.5% audience share. It became the third highest broadcast of the night behind Britain's Got Talent on ITV and the 2011 Eurovision Song Contest, which was on later on BBC One. Now, as Mr. Stephen Moffat would say, overnights are nothing. People are always saying, oh, what were the overnights? And he says, it doesn't matter because there's the iPlayer, there's, there's so many other things that get factored in. And it's right. only it's a matter it's it's a couple of days before they know full on figures. Of course it's on iTunes now as well. Yes, it, yes. Uh I think within twenty four hours it was on iTunes available to purchase and download. I for one don't I want I, I want to say I don't like the purchase download stuff because to me that's just like I could lose that. <laughs> yeah. And I have enough to keep travel trouble I, I have trouble keeping track of my DVDs. But I like to have I like to have the thing, you know, on the shelf where I can go, I've got that. <laughs> yeah, I prefer physical copies as opposed to digital downloads, but that's a whole different I, discussion right there. Well, of course you I mean, then lend them out to your friends and convert them to Doctor Who fans. Yes, exactly, which I have done so, uh, as you may have heard in, in rough audio last week. Uh, <laughs> um, my, my friend, actually, I did talk to him uh, this week. He did try watching The Five Doctors. Maybe it wasn't a good idea to lend him that, but I wanted him to see the other Doctors. He said that was a good thing, but he found it very difficult to... It didn't really hold his attention as well as, of course, the new series, because the new series have a, has a different pacing. So yeah. but, you know, we'll see how he does with The Hand of Fear. But the, the thing is, he knows now where that there's a history there, and that it's up to him. Uh, if yeah, it's, he, it's if like he what it. Russell T Davies like just like to say when in the first and second series is that Doctor Who is this show with a bit of a backstory. <laughs> Indeed, I mean, if I was trying to introduce somebody to it, I'd, I'd probably either go for Rose, uh, Smith and Jones, or the Eleventh mm. Hour. Well, that was the thing is, with, with, with hearing us talking about it, he decided to start watching it, and he started watching from the first episode of this series, and then uh, went back onto because Comcast, now known as Xfinity, had all the episodes on on demand, where you can go in and pick episodes of shows that you want to watch. And he, he watched uh, all of uh, Series 5, and then has continued watching Series 6. And so then I uh, started supplying him with uh, series uh, one through four, and uh, he's he's enjoying it, and asking questions like, "What are these uh, 
Dalek things and and it's 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 kind of nice. I've never really kind of created a a, a Doctor Who fan before, but he's he's digesting them like crazy, which is really really nice. It's not like he's taking three weeks to watch uh, um, the the set of, of DVDs. I mean, he went through through series one in like two or three days, which is just lovely. Yeah, I remember anyway. back when the, back when Doctor Who the new, the modern series began, uh, of course with the, the Eccleston series. I hadn't watched Doctor Who since I was four. It, when I was a kid, it was on PBS, and they they stopped showing it. So it was a show that I remembered watching as a little kid. But when when the, the 2005 series began, I didn't really know what Doctor Who was. So I watched this. Uh, I was like, I remember this. What this was a really cool show. So I watched the Eccleston series. And then I went back and dug into all this information and all mm-hmm. started watching as much as I could. And here I am now. Yeah. There you go, because I mean, yeah, and that's the nice thing about this is that there are people who have started watching the show and become fans because of the new series, and then have gone back and actually watched. Liam, I think, in time might go back and watch more Classic Who because he, he's watched a few with me, and so that might be his gateway into the the old series. A few more notes on this episode. Uh, of course, as we mentioned during the episode, Saran Jones was uh, cast uh, in uh, Sarah Jane Adventures as, as Mona Lisa and Mona Lisa's Revenge. And Adrian Schiller uh, previously appeared in the Eighth Doctor audio dramas uh, Timeworks, where he played Zenith. Other things that we failed to uh, mention, although we had picked up on them earlier, was uh, the Doctor uh, mentioning the Eye of Orion, which was another mm. just great moment. Uh, which, of course, that was the last scen in The Five Doctors, which I just said I had loaned to Gary. So that was kind of cool. So uh, it'd be interesting to see whether he picked up on that, having watched The Five Doctors. Um, so I had to ask him about that, and if he noticed the mention, the, uh, the, the, the link to The Five Doctors. And, of course, uh, jettisoning rooms to uh, tre- create more power or thrust, which is a nice little reference back to Castro Valva. And Logopolis. Yes, Fourth yes. and fifth, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, actually, uh, Darth corrected himself today. He said Legopolis, but then he said Castrovolva. But yes, uh, Tom Baker did say, I'm I'm going to jettison Romana's room mm-hmm. in very dramatic fashion when he could have just got rid of the swimming pool or the boot <laughs> cupboard or, yeah, or that cricket room. Imagine if he got rid of the cricket room. <laughs> <laughs> naked five, naked five. There you go, Romana. <laughs> Uh, and just one thing to mention, it mainly might be of more interest to people in the UK, but if uh, if you go to uh, the BBC site, www.bbc.co.uk forward slash programmes, and that's programmes spelt double M-E-S at the end, and then forward slash B zero double one double eight four D you go to a, a, a click which is uh, where you could watch the Doctor's episode. But below that, uh, there's a, a vertically titled link called Fourth Dimension. If you click on that, it swings across to the left and there's a lot of text there. And if you look at that text carefully, there is clues in that text that will lead you to a hidden Easter egg. And that hidden Easter egg is um, a little video just to make you all a little bit jealous I'm going to, while we're on Skype with my friends here, I'm going to send them the link to that um, Easter egg if they want to watch tonight and see if it plays but it sends you to a very short video 
black and white video and um, there may be more of these so uh, whether the guys click on that or it can work I, I, I don't I, know I, David actually put it uh, mentioned it in, in uh, the Quantum Collective uh, talk show ID 54821 plug plug he'd uh, referenced this and uh, I, I still fully intend to go there and try and figure it out for myself because I do love things like that uh, Easter eggs are always fun and before we close, I, I just want to mention an Easter egg from last week's uh, commentary that some of you may be scratching your heads about, but one person certainly isn't. Uh, we have we have a very nice person out there by the name of Claude, uh, who has been sending us some very nice feedback uh, through Facebook, telling us how much he enjoys the commentaries and enjoys the shows. And uh, so we thought it was a nice little treat, considering it was the week of his birthday, that... Um, that we mentioned his name a few times almost like we were having a conversation with him because he did mention that uh, it feels like having some mates over and sitting and watching an episode so we thought we might make it seem like more of a more of a conversation by by, by referencing talking to him and he did enjoy it and we're glad he did for all of his lovely words because I mean we have fun getting together and doing these and of course Dave and I drinking wine that's not Indeed. a hard thing to do and and talking while a Doctor Who episode on is on may be slightly difficult because especially with this episode but it is a lot of fun to sit and talk with friends about something that we enjoy and it's nice to know that other people enjoy what we're doing so thank you Claude for for all your kind words we really do appreciate it well, I suppose it's time to wrap up, guys, because yes, we can gush. Yes, yes, a lot there's, there's, there's so many things that we didn't mention here, but uh, they were all mentioned pretty much in the in the the, the show earlier today. Artron Energy, anybody? Artron Energy, uh, <laughs> and seven hundred years. Yes, go back and listen. Seven hundred years. Yes, that's something that that opens up a, a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, what happened to the other two hundred and something years? Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, as Dave said, we're going to wrap it up here. So, there's nothing more to say, I guess, then. It's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. <laughs> <laughs> it's goodbye and good night from Dave AC. And that looks like a good wine that Ian's drinking. It's goodbye <laughs> from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. And it's so good, it's <laughs> lost my outro. <laughs> <laughs> That was a smooth ending. I don't think you'll notice. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.